You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. God is a person. He's almighty, but he's a person. Praise the Lord. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent, but he's also a person. So imagine having a friend who is omnipresent. It means you can't go from him and you can't hide from him. You can't run from him. And like we say, a friend that sticks closer than a brother, it means this friend word is always with you. You have no situation, no circumstance, no challenge that this friend can be said to be away from you. He will be such a dependable friend, won't he? Praise God. And this friend is omniscient. It means he knows all things. He just doesn't have information of all things. He has the wisdom to bring everything to be. So it means he knows what should be done. And he knows how it should be done. He knows when it should be done. Praise the Lord. He knows the end of what you're going through. Praise the Lord. He's the one whose one of his favorite phrases is, It came to pass. Or this too shall pass. Thought somebody will say amen. Because that's what he's saying to somebody. Praise the Lord. He's the one who has said that the end of a matter is better than the beginning thereof. So he looks at you in your tears and he says, Though weeping man dear for the night, but what? Joy. Why can he say that? Because he has seen the morning. It's not easy to tell somebody in the night that joy is coming because he's in the night. He can only see where he is. But when you have a friend that can see the end, then you can take his word for it. Praise the Lord. He says, say it to the righteous one. It shall be well with you. Praise God. That is what this friend is saying. He's a friend who knows us. He doesn't count us in number. He doesn't say there are 70 people here or there are 700 people here. He says, Okonkwa is here. Is your Okonkwa here? He says, Labwaja is here. Is there Labwaja here? Praise the Lord. But you can say your name. He knows that you're here. Praise the Lord. He didn't just prepare this Sunday for some people to come. He prepared for you to come. And I pray that you will prepare to go with him as well. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the scriptures, there's a word used often in the book of Proverbs. And it's used in a way that sometimes you may have confused if you're a student of the Bible. It's the word simple. The simple. How many of us have come across it? Sometimes... You want to be amongst the simple, isn't it? And then sometimes when they refer to the simple, you don't want to be amongst them. Okay? It's because the word has several meanings, you know, the way it was used. But one of the ways it was used, or major ways it was used in the Bible, you can put Proverbs um, chapter 1 verse 4 for us. Proverbs 1 4. One of the major ways it was used in the Bible was to talk about the man who is to hunger for wisdom. That means someone who is coming from a background of ignorance, of folly, who doesn't know. Okay? So it says to give prudence. Okay, we can read from verse 1 so we understand it better. It said the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. It says to give what? Prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Now, if you come to 22, the same word is used. 
He said, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Okay, so this is what message says. It says, simpletons, how long will you wallow in ignorance? Cynics, how long will you feed your cynicism? Idiots, how long will you refuse to learn? Can you see the strong words that are being used there? Okay, NLT says, how long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mock as relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? And if you come to 32, the same Proverbs 1, it says, for the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Can give us message again? Okay, for you turned away from me to death, your own complacency will kill you, fools. So you see that the word simple there is often interchanged with being foolish. Okay. It's often interchanged with, with being foolish. And in the common language, it talks about being naive, about lacking depth, about lacking details, okay? And sometimes it's an offensive term when you want to say that somebody has you know, has no capacity for in-depth analysis. So whatever he said to the person, he doesn't even think about it. He doesn't probe further. Okay, so the person is called simple, and it's almost like a, you know, a word that is offensive. Okay? However, the word of God, I believe, is speaking that word in a different dimension. What I perceive is saying, you know, is that it's talking about people who look at life Purely as we will call it on the secular level. You know, people who seeing is what? Believing. People who feeling is reality. People who can only trace cause and effect when they can see the way it works. Praise the Lord. This type of people, they just live based on results. Is it getting home now? But you see... You see, results aren't bad. Are they bad? You see, but the simple just lives on results. So, but as we go on this morning, and as we want to go on this year, we, we want to go from being moved by some things like this just on the surface. Why? Because you and I are basically spiritual beings. Praise the Lord. We are beyond the simpletons. And we're also beyond the secular. You know why? Let me tell you why. You see, the people who say or claim that they exist on reason, do you know how much of the world that scientists don't know? Every day new planets are being discovered. The cures for diseases, the things that they said cured some diseases many years ago, they are finding out to be more dangerous than the diseases they cured. Science is changing. Everything is changing. Every day the world is learning. You see somebody and you think he has known it all. There's a a museum, I can't remember the name, in France. They said the science museum has how many miles of books. It says all of them obsolete now. Many years ago, a man, one of the leading scientists of the time, said that he had counted the stars. And that there were 1,052 stars. About 30 years later, a smarter one came up and said he made a mistake. There are 1,500 
stars, 500 about. <laughs> Praise God. You know, and when they said it, people were like, okay, that's it, that's it. But the word of God has said to us, far back in Genesis, that the number of the stars corresponds a bit with the number of the sand on the seashore. Now, I learned, you can Google it when you go home, not during the service, that there are more suns. You see this one sun we see? More of this one sun, this big sun, sunlight that we see, than there are suns on all the seashores of the earth. Now, that's enough to close service and go home. Are you processing what I'm saying? What am I trying to say? Our world is big beyond our comprehension. It's big beyond what I can tell you, this is what I feel, and because I don't feel this or because I feel this is what I do. Life is just so big. And that's why the spiritual person lives a life dependent, submitted, yielded to the God who created this world. It's only smart. It's only reasonable. It only makes sense that if I realize the level of my ignorance or my, you know, lack of knowledge of the things that happen in my world, it's amazing how even technology has just embarrassed us. You know, before we thought we knew something, if they wanted to keep communication away from you and your neighbor, they will cut the wire. Now, which wire are they going to cut? Because your communication with your neighbor is not going this way to that way, isn't it? How is it going? It's going, I don't even know how it goes. It goes up and then it comes down. And there are no wires. Very soon they're going to introduce 5G. How many of us have heard of 5G? 5G will make you, you're calling somebody on the phone and you might almost be seeing the person physically with a hologram. That's what is going to happen. What I'm trying to say is that there's so much that the man that you and I, that human beings don't know, that should keep us humble in the things we think we know. Praise God. So having said that, coming into this year, you know, a lot of people come into the year and very wise and very reasonable things to do. They want to set goals and targets and things they want to do and all of that. But the question is this, who owns the year? Who owns the year you came into? Who owns your life? Who owns everything about you? Can I get an answer? Who owns it? God owns it. How many have asked the one who owns it? What do you want from me this year? What is your plan for this year? What would you have me do? I'm giving all that as a background, you know, for what I think may be our text today. So come with me to the book of Genesis. And we're going to read about a very popular character in the, in the word of God. His name is Cain. He's the older brother to the man Abel. He's the first son. In fact, he's the first person that was physically born in the earth. Okay, Adam and Eve were created directly by God. So he's the first human being born into the world. And if you come to Genesis chapter 4, I'll read from verse 1. It says, Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. 
So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. Did you notice he didn't even respond to God? Have you ever noticed that in that text? It was as if God never spoke. As if he didn't hear him. So when God finished saying whatever he was saying, the Bible says, Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, now, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you're cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from you, from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. 13, notice something here. This is the only time Cain responds to God. He says, and Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is what? Greater than I can bear. This is a simpleton. This is somebody who only responds when it touches him. It's a level of living. Praise the Lord. We had seen how the whole thing progressed. But none of that had changed his immediate circumstance. He was still who he was. He was, unquote, getting away with whatever he was doing. So, as far as Cain was concerned, until this point, when some unfavorable circumstances had become his experience, he was God. Praise the Lord. And as we look at his story, we must not be too quick, you know, to judge him so that we can learn our own lesson. Notice here the progression of what happened here. The Bible says they brought forth two sons. And in the process of time, sorry, before I go to that, these two sons, Cain was a tiller of ground, isn't it? Abel was what? A shepherd. Okay, he was a keeper of sheep. Now, if Cain was a tiller of ground, was it a sin? Was, it, was there anything wrong with being a tiller of ground? Abel being a keeper of sheep, was there anything wrong with being a, a keeper of sheep? So all things were okay. Now, the Bible says, in the process of time, Cain brought an offering of what he does. Isn't that good intention? He brought an offering of the ground to offer to the Lord. And he made his offering. Abel also brought his own of what he does and gave to the Lord. Now, you begin to see why Cain became angry. Because he brought his own. Isn't it? Abel brought his own. And then God looks at both of them and says what? I do not respect the offering of Cain, but I respect that of Abel. Now, the question here is this. Does God have a right to that? Let me ask you. If the man, you can't give what you don't have. Isn't that what we say? But the book of Hebrews makes us understand that because, you know, most times preachers tell us that the problem is because Cain's offering didn't have blood. And Abel's offering had blood. But you see, God didn't tell us that here. Okay, so we can, you know, depending on how someone wants to apply it, you can push it the other way. But the key thing I want us to pick there is that 
These people brought an offering to who? To God. That means they knew Adam and Eve taught them that they should do what? Worship God. Now, in this worship, when you come to worship, who should be the primary object of your worship? What should be the center? What should determine how you worship? Who? It is the one you worship. Simple. Now, you can argue this is what you have. That is what you have, I understand. But who do you worship? Remember, we said it's a person. So God says, um, Cain, no, I don't like what you brought. Now, notice in that story, God said to Cain, if you do well, and Cain didn't say, I cannot do well. Cain didn't say, I am unable to do well. Cain didn't say, I do not have the resources. I do not have the capability to do well. Cain didn't say that. It meant that what God wanted Cain to do, Cain knew to do it, knew what to do. Cain had the ability to do it. But why would Cain do it? Cain looked at it and said, what is the difference? What's even wrong with you, God? That's what Cain said. Who do you think you are? That's a secular person. That's a person that doesn't understand spiritual things. That's a person that doesn't understand that the God you're talking to, the demons that terrify you at night, when they hear his name, they vanish. We learned at Christmas that because Jesus has come as a baby, men can approach him. When he comes in his power, men will just be fleeing. He says the heavens and the earth fled from his presence. Praise the Lord. So the secular person, the unspiritual person, does not give God his place. And because of that, things begin to go wrong. Now the Bible makes us understand that Abel's sacrifice was accepted because he was of faith. And we understand that faith comes by what? Hearing the word of God. So Adam and Eve must have told Cain and Abel about this God. Remember, these two people now came in after creation. Adam had some core knowledge of God, of the might of God, of the dominion of God, of the greatness of God. He saw God bring elephants and lions. You know, he walked with God. So he must have told his children, this is how big this God is. But somehow we don't know that in the eyes of Cain, God did not take the place that he should take. God was not priority. God was not God. God was somebody he transacted with. That is a very normal person in our world today. And unfortunately, some Christians operate at that level. But this year, you will go beyond that level in Jesus' name. Because we see Cain here now having a problem. So in Hebrews 4-2, the Bible tells us something. It says... The gospel that was preached to us was preached as well to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Why? It was not mixed with faith. Cain and Abel got the same information from their parents. But something about Cain, which is what God resisted. God did not have respect to Cain first and his offering. Are you with me? God did not regard Cain and his offering. Why? Because Cain himself did not regard God. So God said, you have to get this thing right. And if you don't get it right, he didn't say, I, God, will destroy you. You know, that's a problem a lot of people have. How can a good God do this? How can a good God know? The good God doesn't do any bad thing. He does good all the time. But there are bad consequences of doing bad. Praise the Lord. There are consequences. There is a devil in the world. There's an enemy in the world, okay? So we follow this story now. 
and we see what begins to happen here. Because this man did not mix the world which he had with faith, he developed a fault. You know, when you ask children, what was Cain's offense? They say, Cain killed his brother Abel. Isn't that what we all say? But before Cain got to killing his brother, he had a sickness. He had an infirmity. He had a problem, which if we are looking only at the mother, we will keep walking about justifying ourselves. But long before he got to murder, he passed through some steps. Come with me to Hebrews 11, verse 3. You see what the Bible says there. Now we see that Cain did not have faith, isn't it? Let's see the problem. It says, by faith, read it with me together, everybody. By faith, we do what? We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. We can stop there. Let's read again. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. You see, when a person lacks faith, he lacks understanding. Now, the popular thing might be if you lack faith, you lack a car, you lack a husband or wife or a judge. No. When a person lacks faith, he lacks understanding of how things work. And when you lack understanding of how things work, errors, expensive errors, become inevitable. So faith, primarily, is to give you understanding. We said that there is so much in this world that you and I don't know about. i give you an instance. The wise man Solomon was writing. And Solomon was a blessed man. You know, God blessed him tremendously. The richest man, you know. In every ramification, you know, both in, in money and, uh, and in every area, wisdom, in wives. I don't think anybody has beat his record in all of that. But Solomon had a problem. As he was getting old, Solomon wanted to solve one problem. He wanted to see how he can guarantee his wealth to generations coming after. It was then that he found his incapacity. He said, this wealth is laying up. He doesn't know the person who will come after him. Whether he'll be a fool. Whether he'll just take all this money and squander it. What he will do with it. All this wisdom I've stored up. All these things I've done. I don't even know. So the man could not now rest in peace. He could not die in peace. Because he was finding a problem he could not solve. But when a person understands the world by faith. He will understand that the goodness of the Lord... Is what keeps your generation and your generation after. It says the Lord's faithfulness is to the righteous and to what? His fifth generation. That's what faith brings you. Faith gives you a stability. That as a man, you can lie down and rest in peace. Knowing that when you have honored the Lord, the Lord will remember your children. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Faith is so powerful. It gives understanding. It helps you to interpret things. Someone offends you. I use David as an illustration. David was running away from his son, Absalom, the rebellion of Absalom. And Shimei rose up and began to kick stones at him and to curse David and to say all kinds of things, hurtful things against David. And his commanders, the army commanders, Joab and the rest of them said, let's just go and cut off this man's head. How can he be insulting the king? They didn't understand. David said, no. He was a man of faith. He said, no, this evil that he's doing to me now, don't worry. God is going to see this evil. And what is he going to do? 
He will consider it and by it, what he will do? He will turn my situation around. Somebody say, Lord, give me faith. You see, faith will give you understanding. In your office, in anywhere, no matter what is going on, when you put it in faith, you know the right response that will bring you what you really want. But you see, if you don't have faith, you think everything is on the surface. They slap you, you slap back. They gossip with you, you gossip about them. They insult you, you insult back. The Bible says our Lord Jesus Christ, he said when he was reviled, what did he do? He reviled not in return. Doesn't he have words? Couldn't he have returned? No. But he took all of that so that when you and I call on him today, there can be no claim against us that he has no provision for. Is someone understanding what we're talking about? Cain's problem was he had no understanding of the way things work. And that's how you see a lot of people in our world today. They are moving about and making a lot of noise. You know, they are creating scenes everywhere. And they might have influence with men. They might have, you know, the resources of this world. But they don't have understanding. Because when you see somebody that God has privileged to be in a position on earth and is squashing people, taking advantage of people. Have you noticed that in Nigeria, both public debtors and private debtors, the richer they are, the more terrible debtors they are. How many of us are being owed by poor neighbors and poor friends? How many of us are being owed by big men? You know why? They don't understand. As a youth cop, I remember. I shouldn't remember, but I remember. I used to sell them, um, you know, just to make extra money. I used to sell um, ties and suspenders, okay? So it's not today I started dealing on this thing. Ties and suspenders, those days. One man bought, you know, a lot from me then, about 20,000 naira. I went to his house at least 25 times. Very big man. Some, he will allow me to come in, waste my time, send me away some. From the gate, they'll turn me back. You know, people don't have understanding. The Bible says, do not withhold good from your name when it is in the power of your hand. Now, somebody who doesn't have faith does not understand that. Because when he has power, he thinks the power is everything. But faith will let you know that every man shall give an account. You're going to submit your term report. This is how I lived. This is how I used the power. This is how I used the position. Every man. Who has faith? Understands that. So when you see people of faith behaving in a particular way, they are not unwise, they are not unshrewd, if there is a word like that. It's because they have faith. They know that these things connect. You know, we're watching some program the other day about lecturers that are taking advantage of students. You see those lecturers and they want to have children. Now, how can you be a lecturer and sit in an office and be frustrating female students to sleep with you. And then you send your child to school and kiss the child and say, I love you. That child is going to go to school and, um, oh, Lord, have mercy. You see, but without faith, you can't understand it. Because when there is no faith, there is lack of under. Under. The way things work. The foundation of things. So that was Cain's problem. And that's a problem of the secular world. That's why, you know, unfortunately, you know, Canada is voted the best country to live in now. But Canada is also gearing towards approving bestiality and all of them. Because they don't understand. What are you talking? We are the best country to live in the world. So we can allow anything. Forgetting that the snow that is falling in Canada, they didn't manufacture it. When a man pulls out God, he becomes a simpleton. And destruction is not too far. That was where Cain was. He was faithless. He had no understanding. So he thought life was, you know, was that word, you know, the aborigine, you know, just like that. That's where it is. 
So he found himself in this situation when God said, Cain, you can do better. And God gave him an insight, which he didn't have. He said, Cain, if you don't do well, he introduced something for the first time. He says, sin lies at your door. This tells you and I that sin is not an action. Sin is a spirit. Sin is a spirit that says, come to my side. If you've rejected God, come to my side. That's something you must understand. Sin is not an action. Sin is a spirit. You see, God is holy. And neutrally, everybody, God wants to be honest. But when you turn away from God, the Bible says of Judas, he said the moment he took the bite of bread that Jesus gave him, what happened? He said he left and what? Satan entered him. He left the presence of Jesus and what happened? He entered into the presence of the devil. That's what it's seen is somebody saying, I surrender to you. So God said to Cain, please be careful. Do what I'm asking you to do. If not, sin is waiting. Sin is desirous of you. Don't allow it. You should rule over it. And that's where born again Christians have been redeemed to. We rule over sin. Sin shall have no what? Dominion over the born again Christian. I told somebody you say amen. amen. It can tempt you. Praise God. But you can kick it on the head and say get away. I'm seated in heavenly places far above. You and all the principalities. Praise God. So Cain missed all of that. And God sent the warning. And notice something here like we mentioned when we were reading. Cain did not respond to one thing God said. It's the beginning of the fellowship of those who say, take Bible out of schools, take prayer out of schools, take everything. They don't want to hear anything about God. Why? Who needs to hear from God when things are going well? But have you noticed in those societies where there's a calamity, you show all of them carrying candles. Have you noticed it? When anything happens, you show all of them filling churches. So they just respond to stimulus. Anything that happens, they just say, okay, well, okay, something bad happened. I think we need to hear from that being there. Where is that being? They go with a candle. They stand before him. When they leave and everything is okay, they say, who needs God? You see, it's the state of mind of the extreme people. Now, in between this group are those who we will call religious, who know that there is something out there. Praise God. And they try to relate to it. But the challenge or the shortfall of the religious is that the religious think that God is a pattern. They don't see that he's a person. They don't see that God wants to talk. You know, the Lord was saying to me, do you know how it must have been for Abraham? Abraham was not a small boy when God called him. You know that. Abraham's father, Haran, was an idol worshiper. They lived in a community. So imagine for Abraham growing up in a community and maybe after about 60 years, 65 years, he now hears a voice telling to him, I'm God who created the heavens and the earth. Come out from your family, from your kindred to a land I'm going to show you. And then he asked the father, what's Okija Shrine saying? Okija, he said, Okija is not saying anything like that. He asked the other neighbor, what's, uh, what's Shango saying? That one says, no, he's not saying anything. He asked this one, what? And nobody can correspond with what God is saying to him. But what did it take for Abraham to get up and move? Child of God, that is what you have to find this year. To relate with this God, no matter what the persons on your side are doing. Because you know God has spoken to you. That is what pushes you beyond religion. You see, religion is a step ahead 
of the simpleton or the secular. But it's not a safe place because it's a place where you copy. It's religion that made Jesus come and the leaders of the Jews crucified him. When Jesus spoke, they knew it was the truth. But when they asked their neighbors, they said, no, we disagree. It will touch them. You know, the disciples said something there. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They said, didn't our hearts burn? You know why? God is our maker. I saw in a movie recently. And in this movie, um, some terrorists had used um, a laptop to, you know, perpetrate some act. So they were trying to trace the laptop. And they said in this movie, they said, anywhere that laptop is turned on, it said they can go through some numbers of the manufacturer to access whatever is inside that laptop and find information inside that laptop. Have you heard that before? Anywhere, they just need to turn the laptop on. So they were waiting. They had their network ready. And the moment the laptop was turned on, they were able to zero in and find through some things that the manufacturers of the laptop, you know, gave them, find where the laptop was, find the exact place, find what was using, and access the information in the laptop. I know what I'm saying that. I'm saying that, that the God who made you, he knows how to connect into your heart. Any day you wake up, and when in doubt, don't look to the side. Don't look to the left. Tell your maker, speak to me. I tell people most times when I witness to them, I say, don't listen to what I'm saying. I mean, when you go home, just ask the one who created you. Speak into my heart. He has access. He has access. He can, provided he made you. <laughs> if Dell can read the computer they made, and Apple can read the computer they made, and iPhone can read the phone they made, then the creator of the heavens and the earth can also reach you. And if you're eager to hear him, he will direct you. Praise the Lord. That's why nobody will say on the last day, the pastor deceived me, the bishop deceived me. Nobody. God bears witness to each and every one of us. But we have to go beyond because the power of religion can be so strong. Religion is comfortable. It's more comfortable to be religious than to be spiritual. Because in religion, there's popularity. That's what everybody's doing. That's what, you see, it's like being fashionable. But on this side, you know, I don't want to, but I, the thing is just wanting to come out from my mouth. Now, we will still fast though, but it's like saying, ah, we are fasting. Every being of it, we are fasting. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. But when it becomes religious, in which case, you know, the last time we did that, I said, take it off Facebook. Our fast is not for Facebook. Why should we be fasting and we put a billboard and say we are fasting? Have we joined the Muslims that announced their fast from Saudi Arabia? The fast is beginning. The moment it gets to that level, you, you see, you miss it. I mean, I, I may be wrong or, you know, I may be right, but the love I have for my wife, Facebook doesn't need to know. The Facebook does not need to announce the love I have for My wife is here. I don't need Mark Zuckerberg to be in between me and my wife. You know, some people, they say, I kiss my wife in the morning on Facebook. When I see them, I put question mark. Because uh, something might be missing. It's possible that uh, there's no communication. Praise the Lord, somebody. Anyway, so what I'm saying is this. Religion can bring comfort. And you can live your whole life in that place of religion. But what is going to happen is that you will not find the contentment, the sweetness of the relationship. You will not feel it's embraced. And what that would do is that it will curtail your achieving your potential in God. I don't know. We read the Bible. Joseph was in Egypt. 
For how many years? He got there as a teenager. 17 years, 13 years, he was from Potiphar's house to the prison. Which preacher was preaching to him? Which house fellowship was he attending? Who was encouraging him? Some of us this year, let me tell you, we will do our best to love you. But if you backslide, you're on your own. Is someone hearing me? Nobody called me. Jehovah is calling you. The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. The Holy Spirit has never left you. Don't tell me that because your HOD didn't call you, then you backslid. But the Holy Spirit is there with you. We need to grow. We need to become spiritual. You see, the spiritual person understands that what he's doing, he's not doing it for anybody. The religious person goes to church for his pastor. He goes to church for his church. He goes to church for somebody. I went to church today. See me. The devil is very smart. He's an old man. He's an old creation. So what he does with religious people is that he allows them tick off on what is irrelevant. And then he makes them miss what is relevant. Because I don't need somebody to know I went to church. I need to know I went to church. Because when I achieve that somebody knows I went to church, then I might answer in a moment of trial that, ah, but I went to church. No. Who needs to know that you went to church is you. So that in that hour of trial, you will say no. I'm a child of God. I'm proceeding from his presence. This cannot happen. I will not permit this. I bind Satan. I cast out devils. Why? Because you know you went. It's not for your wife to know. You know. That's the spiritual person. He has gone from religion. He has gone from the form into the spirit of the matter. If someone understands, that's what makes Christianity sweet. That's why you can live a Christian life and never backslide for one day. Will you be discouraged? Yes. Will you be downcast? Yes. Paul says downcast but not forsaken. Pressed down but not what? Destroyed. All those things will come. But when you're, you see, when your foundation of this thing is right, you know that it's for you, not for your neighbor. So we look at Cain. What happened with Cain? Cain was angry. The Bible says he became very angry. That's the first time we also see that word. And I want you to pick something here, Bible scholars. He said, why? Why are you angry? That's the first time we're seeing the word why. One of the things that makes you spiritual is that you ask the question why. It helps your spiritual growth. Why? It's not in an insubordinate matter, but it's to know, to have an, you know, we say faith gives you what? Understanding. It's a why of, I want to understand, not a why of rebellion. So God said to Cain, he said, Cain, why are you so angry? Cain was angry. Some translations say very angry. Some say they're exceedingly angry. Now, now, if you've seen any angry person, one of the things they have is that they feel justified to be angry. You know that. But you can see in this first mention of anger in the Bible that there was no justification. It was a crazy. Now, can, I, can we say that 99.9% of exceeding angers have no justification? That's why the Bible says the wrath of man does not produce, does not work the righteousness of God. This say you will do well. Yes, you will do well. And you will not be angry. You will not be exceedingly angry. The Bible says anger rests in the bosom of fools. Don't, don't be angry. Because what you're getting angry over, by the time it's analyzed and the joke is on you, praise the Lord, you won't want that to turn back on you. So he was exceedingly angry. And God said to them, Cain, this anger, who was he angry at? Are you sure it was only God? 
He was angry at his brother Abel too. He was angry at God. Now, what did Abel do? Abel didn't do anything. Most times our anger, the people were angry at. Innocent. Innocent. Abel didn't do anything. No. He didn't do anything. Now, let me put this point so we don't miss it. Spiritual people, not only do they not get angry, they also don't get excited for no reason. This might be deep for some people to take. You see, why is that so? You are like an oracle. Do you understand? How many go to courts here? How many have seen a judge laugh? <laughs> if the judge laughs like that, the counsel will say, Me Lord, this judge has to disqualify himself. Funny things, don't they happen? You see, the Bible says, do you not know that you are what? Spiritual people, there is a balance. So, this year, please, be careful the way you jump. My you, you are God. Be careful. You see, you know what I'm saying? That the Bible says there is rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that what? Repent. Have you rejoiced like that over the sinner that repented? Some of us, if you want us to fight, bring Trump matter. Trump is better than Obama. Obama is better than Trump for and against. You see some Christians fighting. Now, bring up matter of uh, evangelism is going down. They will change channel. Spiritual people have their antennas tuned to heaven. When a spiritual person is excited, what excites him, if you trace it, excites heaven. When a spiritual person is burdened, what burdens him is a burden to heaven. You know why? A spiritual person is a conduit for heaven on earth. Now, there's nothing wrong with laughter and all of that. Have you wanted to tell somebody something and you looked at his countenance? You left him because you feel he can't process what you're saying now. You just come in the way the person is like, he say he'll make light of this matter. Or the same way you might have good news, something, you know, really nice to share. And the way you see the person, you just leave the person. Now, the spiritual person is all, always sensitive. So remember, he's not secular. He's not religious. He's spiritual. He's tuned to him. He's tuned to the master. So Cain, in his anger, had no justification. That emotion. So what I'm saying is this. As spiritual persons, know the word if you're taking those. Emotions. Tell the Lord, help me with my emotions this year. Help me with my emotions. When I'm sad, let me ask myself, why are you sad? Some of us, the devil has a diary on us. You just come out of service. You were feeling on top of the world. He will just come to you. He knows what to touch. Ah, sister, who did this your hair? What type of nonsense hair did you do? For the whole week, the whole thing you had in church, because this hair ah, is the glory of the woman. This hair, I did it at a 7-7 salon. This hair, that's what you're talking. You, the enemy has finished it. He has a diary. Praise God. He has a diary. Some of us, you know, as husbands, you're just spiritual, you're feeling on top of the world. Your wife comes in and says, that money you gave me is not there. And you hate it when she talks to you about money, Monday morning. And she didn't want to, but the devil said, but it doesn't matter. Just tell him, if he doesn't have, he'll humbly say, I don't have. But you have never learned to humbly say to your wife, a baby, you know, you know, until Buhari goes. <laughs> You've not humbled yourself. So whenever she says, what will happen? You will provoke. So the devil wants to provoke you. And then you say, go and say it. 
And God can't stop you. You're a spiritual person. You must learn. It comes, you take it in. I like the way footballers trap balls. The ball is coming. No matter the speed with the ball, they just absorb it like this. See the ball, the ball will come down. That's how spiritual people should handle situations. It comes, you just, you know, you just trap it, the ball comes down. And then you ask yourself, what should be my response? That's it. Religious people have the same response for every reaction. Everything that happens is the same response. Being of you. Hey, please, there's nothing wrong with fasting. No. Being of you. But you ask the person in the fast, are you changing? Are you changing? You know, the New Testament brought some dimensions to this our work. One of the things our Lord Jesus taught us about the fast is that fast is good when it is done to the Lord. Those are the things that the Bible demands that God sees in secret, sees just between you and him. But the one you take fasting, you take praying, you take giving and begin to announce it. You have joined the religious club. That's why here we don't say 50 people that will give us 1 million come out. You see, it works. That's why I say, remember, I said this thing works. There are some things that work that, that are not spiritual. A lot of people haven't gotten to that level. Okay? So, giving, fasting, praying, it's not for public consumption. These are the things that Jesus said, your father who what? Sees in secret will reward you. So, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong even with corporate fasting. We do that as the Lord will lead us. But more importantly, God wants to work with you. God wants you to be a conduit for him. God wants you to be burdened with what burdens him. God wants you to ask him, my Lord and my God, what would you have me do in 2020? The goals you're setting, even ordinary coach will drop you if you come in as a striker and decide this year, I'm going to play outside left. Did they say have outside left? Or oh, that's old. Eh? So which one did they play now? They are still outside left because it's during Rangers day that I used to hear. When the, the season starts, the players align themselves. No matter the skill you come with, the coach will tell you, Sir, you now, this is what you'll be doing for me this year. And when he tells you, no matter your gifted, no matter the place of your comfort, you begin to go and train to be effective in that area. If not, the coach will drop you. You know why? You'll be detrimental to the progress of the team if you don't do that. You have an owner. That's what spiritual people understand. It goes beyond themselves. That's why the Apostle Paul can say, though Paul, what is our goal? We make many rich. Though despised, we, we don't care. We are serving a captain. And we know that when the game is all over, our captain is going to call us out and give us individually our rewards. That's what faith makes us understand. Faith makes us understand that there's a reward. Cain looked at it. He, he talked to Abel. And the Bible says he was speaking to Abel. He was speaking to Abel. He led Abel. He said, come, let me show you something. He said to Abel, I don't know how it worked, but he must have said to Abel, you know, younger ones are normally stronger than the older. So he must have said to Abel, can you help me pick this thing? Abel bent to pick it. He now used stone and killed him. And he felt, I've killed him. It's all over. I can kill him. I know that's the first murder. Cain is really a terrible guy. He introduced a lot of first. But where there is anger, murder is not far. You know, you read the Bible, you see the connection of everything. That's why Jesus, our Lord Jesus, will say to us what? He says, he that is angry with his brother without a cause is what? Is guilty of murder. Because the difference between anger without a cause and murder is that you don't have opportunity. If you're angry, you don't want something good to happen for the person that you're really angry with. That's why we have to be careful. Praise the Lord. 
Cain killed Abel. And when God came and now said, what have you done? This will be the consequences. Then all of a sudden, it dawned on Cain that, oh, this thing I did can affect me. It can affect me. Oh, it has negative consequences. I'm not getting away with this. You see? And that's where the physical world is at. People do things and once they can get away, you know, in the banking industry, then in most, um, you know, corporates, they say, don't break, just do what you have to do, but don't break the 11th commandment. Who knows the 11th commandment? Thou shalt not be caught. And as long as you're not caught, you know, everything is fine. But that's not, spiritual people don't live like that. Spiritual people catch themselves and report themselves and take themselves to the altar. And I say, Lord, break my heart with the things that break your heart. Spiritual people go to the Lord. They say, search me, O Lord, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Spiritual people say, purify me, O Lord. You know why? Because they live in the presence of God. They are not waiting for consequences. You know why? The Bible said it and it is clear. While the earth remains, what? Seed time and what? Harvest shall not, mm -mm, it shall not cease until it goes round. It shall not cease. You can't get away with it. You can't get away from it. And for those who so good, you must be encouraged. It shall not cease. We mentioned last Sunday about the children of uh, Dora Quinley. Yes. Our own dad, Dr. Connors, or we know him. Two of the daughters, first class. One is, has best-selling author, almost following um, Chimamanda. Then the son also has movies that are trending everywhere. You see, you see the man now, he doesn't have a jet or all those things. But I'm here, you are here, we're witnesses of his work. And the biological children are creating waves everywhere. You know why? This thing works. It works. The seed of the righteous shall be what? Mighty on the earth. So this year we want to go spiritual. We want to live in the spirit. We don't want to just walk by sight. We don't just look at a transaction and say there is money in it. Whether there is money, we want to end glory. We want to end favor. We want to end, you know, power with God. That's where we want to be. And King was a man who cared for none of that. He lived his life, took his choices. What God said didn't matter. When he touched him, he responded. And that's like the repentance of many people. Once they're in pain, once they're caught, once they're trapped, you see them repent. They've not had an understanding. We repent because we hurt someone who loves us more than ourselves. We don't repent because of the consequences. Are you getting what I'm talking about? That's spirituality. Most Christians, if they, can't, if they won't be caught, they will build housing, that thing. The same way, reward. What is reward? Reward is a certain thing that comes for every good work. Whether people see it, whether it happens today, whether it happens next 10 years, it will surely come. It says, he that comes to God, what? Must believe that what? He is and he's what? A reward. Spiritual people know that God is what? A rewarder. That's what strengthens them. They're not foolish. They don't hate life. They just want life and they want it what? More abundant. They don't want a short term thing. You know, when the Bible tells us about faith, we, we really have to be careful. The Bible speaking about Moses, you know, in Hebrews 11 and his reaction to the treasures of Egypt. He said, forsaking the passing pleasures of Egypt. So it wasn't that Moses was against pleasure, but he was against pleasure that was passing. He wanted what? A more enduring one. He joined with the fathers of faith to seek and to pursue a city. Who's builder and what? Maker. He wanted something more permanent. Is that what you're looking for? 
Do you want joy that will be permanent? Do you want a relationship? Young man, young girl, why are you running around sleeping about? Why don't you just get married? If they think they're hungry, you marry now. Marry. You know, we must get to the time in Nigeria where people marry at 19 and 18. It doesn't matter. They can live in, uh, you know, gate house. At least you have decided to marry. You know, in, in America, you see people, you know, 18 years, 17 years, 19, you know, they're just 20, they're married. But here you see old men, 37, 38, women and men, they're sleeping around, they're not married. Let me catch you. Do you understand? Marry if you want the things that God said is a marriage. Yeah, marry. And then be, face the consequences. Eh? Do the maintenance. When we were young, they used to sing a song. How many of us remember that song? So, when you see a young girl, you ask yourself, you know, <laughs> can I change the engine oil and pay the license fee? You know? Praise God. So, as we round up this morning, and this early morning of the year, I want you to know something. God is for you. And the way God designed this thing, it will work. You know, I'm still not out of the story of Christmas. Mary, Mary, what Mary showed us, you and I, is that with God, all things are possible. Mary said to the angel, let it be unto me, what? According to your word. She had nobody before her, nobody else to ask. But she knew that this thing spoke into her. I beg you, be led of the Spirit this year. You see, let the Holy Ghost know that you want to follow Him. Tell the Lord anything that is not from you. Shut it out of my heart. I've told you, I'll be listening to someone, then something will just, they'll say, hear that. Once I hear it, I know this person is off. And then I listen to some people. The Holy Spirit say, He's speaking my word. Sometimes He's speaking what is not comfortable. But you know it's His truth. You embrace it. Why? Because God wants to lead you. God has a future for you. God has a plan for you. And don't think that you're just an accident. With all the problems Nigeria is facing, who do you think is the solution? Who do you think God is waiting for? The Bible says the earnest expectation of creation is waiting for the manifestation of what's your name? What's your name? Manifestation of what? Creation is waiting for your manifestation. That office is waiting. Nigeria is waiting. The world is waiting for you to manifest. God is waiting. But these people who manifest will be led of the spirit. Let's not forget that David was not in the army. If David were religious, he would use Goliath and sing a song. You know his office was making music and taking care of the sheep. He would have gone there and then gone back and sang a song to the father. But he saw it. He didn't need to ask his neighbors. Something bore witness in him. This is what you were born for. Let's rise on our feet. Somebody will fulfill purpose this year. Somebody will connect to his maker. Or your maker will find access to you. And you will rise up. You will be a source of joy. You will be a source of lifting. The world will rejoice that you were born. Nigeria will celebrate that you were born. You will be a blessing. They will pray and say, thank God for brother soon. Thank God for sister soul. I want you to lift up your voice and say, Lord, here I am. I surrender my life. I want to transcend from secular. Don't just, the world is not empty. Things are happening. Things are happening. Things are happening all over. There are demonic activities. There are spiritual activities everywhere. But the Bible says you and I are seated in heavenly places. Far above principalities and power. We are over and above. We are not junior level players. We are kingdom players. 
The king has given us authority. Dominion belongs to us. Determine that this year you will not exist. This year you will work. This year you will impact. This year you will be an answer. This year you will move things. You will shake things. You will transform things. This year, because I'm connected to you, tell the Lord, I plug into you. I plug into you. I plug into you. It doesn't matter. If my neighbor is not coming, it's all right. Lord, one with you is more than enough. Lord, I surrender. I want you to lift your heart to him. Say, Lord, I want to connect to you today. I want you to make it a personal prayer. Yes, the personal God wants to be your personal person. Lord, help me. The beauty of it is that he knows what he puts in you. He will not ask you more than you can do. He will not demand of you more than he has put in you. Yes. Lord, ask him. Lord, I come to you. I want to go spiritual. I want to translate from simpleton. I don't want to be a simpleton. I don't want to be secular. I don't want to be religious. I want to be a son. I want to be a daughter. You said as many as received you, you gave them right. I want to operate as a child of God. Let heaven say I have a son there. Let heaven say I have a daughter there. Let heaven say in Abuja, I have somebody. In Nigeria, I have somebody. Let them be able to say in this government, you are there. In this regime, you are there. In that office, you are there. Concerning the economy, you are there. Concerning loving somebody, you are there. Let you be an Ananias in this situation. Lord, I'm available to you. I'm available. I am available. I'm available. I see more than meets the eye. I hear more than the sounds that are outside. I want to pick vibes from the spirit. Lord, take me deeper. Help me, O Lord. Help me, O Lord. Help me, O Lord. I am hungry. I am hungry. I'm available to you. I am available to you. I'm available to you. Make that your crime. Make that your prayer. Make that your prayer. It's doable. You can end this year a wonder to yourself, to your world. Yes, you, you can end a wonder. You can become something else. Yes, the Bible says Christ in you. Is the hope of glory. Christ is not about to be given. He has been given. The Holy Ghost dwells inside of you. Lord, lead me. Lead me. Lead me. Lead me. You can cry like the psalmist. Teach my hands to war. Teach my fingers to battle. I want to impact for the kingdom. I don't want to be a number. God does not call me a number. Why should I be a number? There is a position I'm to play. There is a void I'm to fill. There is a question I'm to answer. There is a problem I'm to solve. There is a ministry I'm to minister. My wife needs me. My husband needs me. My children need me. My generation needs me. The Father's church needs you. Ask the Lord. It's early in the year. Before this first quarter is over, let me count. Let somebody be praying and be saying, thank you for her life. Thank you for his life. I'm going beyond 
simpleton. I'm going beyond the secular. I'm going beyond religion. I want to be a vessel you walk through. Tell the Lord, I hold to you. Lord, I cling to you. These were the things that distinguished some men we read of in the Bible. They just had this personal work. That's where I want you to be. That's where I want the church to be. So that when we gather, we, we gather as men and women, boys and girls, who have a walk with God. Who have a walk with God. In, in whose hearts the Spirit is bearing witness that they are children of God.